You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back. I'm Heather Carroll. And I'm Father John Rutten. And we're broadcasting today from St. John Paul II Parish in Harrisburg, South Dakota. Hope everybody is staying warm. We have a bunch of wind here, but North Dakota is shut down. <laughs> so, is it really? Yeah, pretty much. Like, wow. yeah, like feet of snow. Really? Yes. You can tell I'm disconnected. <laughs> You're like, I'm in, I'm in South things. Dakota. Yeah. <laughs> so half our listening audience is stranded at home. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And it's Easter weekend, so everybody stay safe. Don't travel if you don't have to. But we had a great interview. I guess I should say I did. Father wasn't there. But uh, Reed Holiday, you're familiar with who he is. Yeah, he came and talked to our confirmation students this year. Oh, perfect. Mm -hmm. So he has an amazing story of um, being in prison. I'm just going to make it real short and sweet. He um, caught... Got himself in prison, was sentenced to life in prison through all of these different amazing miracles. He turned his life over to God and actually got out of prison way early. And so he uh, was a great interview that I had, and I actually had him on for an hour, and I could have had him on for the entire two hours. Yeah. But I got so many responses, Father, about his talk, you know, just to hear how low he was and how desolate he was and how little hope he had. But then once he turned his life over to God, the his point is there's you're never lost. Mm. There's always hope. Mm-hmm. God has a way of making things work. And so um, since I got a huge response from it, one of the things that I think you're so good at talking about is addiction. Mm-hmm. And that was one of his problems. And so I thought maybe that was why we got such a big response is because people, whether it's themselves or somebody they love, deal with addictions every day. Well, uh, um, you're going to contradict I, me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's why you got so many responses. Uh, because I had him come speak to confirmation students Mm -hmm. and he blew them away and all of the responses not all of them but many of the responses that i got for the confirmation students he was early in our program Mm -hmm. and at the end of the program when they wrote about the program many of them referred to him really uh like everybody oh the parents talked about the 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 night their kids came home from after him given the witness and so i mean to be faithful to reality to the things that happened and those kids i don't think are addicts you know addicts and things um so I, th- I think that, number one, he's just an incredible man. It's him. Uh, but he witnesses to the conversion, to the power of Jesus. People, this is what everybody, this is what makes him attractive, is uh, we need faithful witnesses. You know, uh, what is uh, Pope Paul VI said, you know, today we don't need teachers, we need witnesses. And if we do have teachers, they must first be witnesses. Mm. This is what he is. He's a witness of the power of Jesus in this world today. Amen. Today, now, and not just like an idea, but I think his simplicity, the way he proposes the gospel, the way he speaks about uh, his life and his conversion, and the way he follows 
this, you know, he's very, he probably wouldn't give himself the credit, but he's very smart and he's very studied and, and, um, he's always growing and learning and praying and, um, and, but it's simplicity. There's a simplicity to him mm. that makes him accessible to everybody. Yeah. Uh, I think there's hope, you know, who doesn't need a witness to hope that if you I mean, if you can get out of that. And yeah. then I think when you hear that, it just makes all of your stuff seem small. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do, um, I do see that he has a, a huge following, but I think underneath it all, there is then the question that, that we can say is what is it that has gotten him to this point? What uh, is it that's helped him? How did he become this? Right. We can just receive it for ourselves and not go to the root of what happened. And then we don't grow. Right. We don't mature. We don't learn. You know, I was saying to the other day, some things, um, you know, there was some, there was something that an event that happened that was really well received. And I sort of said, you know, to someone I was talking to, I wonder if the church can be humble enough to follow that. And I, and I see at times it can be hard for us in front of something that really is impactful to let go of our schemes and our ideas about what it looks like to grow in holiness and how we're going to propose holiness to other people and say, here's the path that everyone's responding to. What's here? And mm. then go to the root of like, okay, how did he get here? Let's talk about Reed Holiday and how he became the man he did so that I know now how to hmm. help others or myself grow in holiness as opposed to my idea. Uh, of how holiness happens. It happens in front of me, but the church sometimes doesn't have the humility. This is what I think the synod was all about. The synod was about, can you listen? Can you see Reed Holiday as someone to follow? Hmm. Um, And you don't follow Reed Holiday. You follow what the Spirit has done through him. And in that, you see someone who um, has been in a life of recovery, somebody who has surrounded themselves with people who are... um, you know, Christian and, and seeking, but also at the simplicity have been helped out of addiction mm-hmm. and addiction is very much a part of his story. So then you can say, well, what is it about addiction? Mm-hmm. Well, the only reason he was even in that place is because something happened to him in prison, right? Right. Okay. And well, what happened to him in prison? Do you remember what the story? No. The, I don't uh, think he told us that part. He kind of got to someone, I think someone came in, to, someone was assigned to his room who was a Christian or like he was a bunk mates with somebody uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure who was also a Christian. And, um, and then in this process began to realize like he wanted to cha- read, realize he wanted to change. And he said a simple prayer one night Yes. and he woke up the next day and those, his buddies were going to do whatever they did every day. And he said, no. Right. And they all laughed and they're like, he'll be here in a minute. Yeah. And he never came. Right? Well, what is this? The introduction to God is love, Benedict XVI. Being Christian is not the result of ethical choices or lofty ideas, <laughs> but the encounter with an event, a person which gives life a new horizon and a decisive direction. So at the heart of Reed Holiday is an event. Something in his life that happened, Christ came in a way that changed everything in front of him. It came through a person, whoever this person in the cell was. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then inside his own heart and the humanity of his own needs, he cried out, and then something happened. And then as he began to follow that, right, he found help with people who are also doing this. And then you see, oh, there's a lot of other people like that, right? Mm-hmm. And those people also are doing these things, and you realize the 12 steps 
um, are a culture of people that have learned to live in a very humble and simple way. And um, in many ways, sort of aren't flashy, right? They don't have much flash to them. They don't have much theology to them. Mm -hmm. uh, but you say, well, what is it about? I remember uh, Bishop Dudley used to always say his best priests were priests who were in 12-step programs. Really? Now, you're talking about 12-step program where they say, uh, God of your understanding. Right. 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 And yet Bishop Dudley's saying the best ones. Well, let's look at that. Why well, wonder what's going on? Why would this be? You know, and you realize that underneath it all, uh, the fundamental dimension of twelve-step recovery is powerlessness. That's mm -hmm. the beginning of everything. I was powerless over alcohol. My life's unmanageable. My life is unmanageable, totally unmanageable. That's the foundation of the whole thing, right? Well, is that what we propose for Catholicism? What are we doing here at Mass every weekend, guys? Oh, we're all unmanageable and we're powerless and we don't have control over anything. And we don't know how to raise our kids and we like we can't stop sinning and we can't. Is that does that sound like Catholicism? What's being proposed to the world? No, no, no. But that's what those people are doing that are getting better, right? And then you realize, oh my gosh, every Mass we start with mea culpa, mea culpa, mea maxima culpa. Lord have mercy, Christ have mercy, Lord have. Oh. Maybe that's actually what we're supposed to be doing. We're just not. I'm just coming all rich with my good stuff and looking <laughs> spiffy. And I'm supposed to be like, I'm really broken. <laughs> right. Oh, my Humility. gosh. Maybe the church is like, ah. So you, you through this, this, you see the change. And when you listen to it, you begin to see the fullness of what you actually already have. And a dimension that maybe was lost. Uh, and so this gift of, I think, Reed Holiday is a man who has learned that uh, in powerlessness, in hopelessness, is actually a position mm. to see the divine hope of Jesus Christ work. Um, is a man who sees that prayer actually works when you listen to a story and mm. he talks about when he prays and then these things happen. You hear about a man who actually, it's not just an idea. I love the idea that you plant seeds. That's true. Mm -hmm. But if we're just saying we plant seeds and we don't actually see an event in our life in which something happens, then we're like just doing platitudes. Right. Right. But if you, you listen to read and you're like, oh my gosh, there's a man who like in his life, something happens. And the only way that I can explain it is that, that that's God. Like, God actually works in that guy's life? <laughs> well, <laughs> right. I wonder if he works in my life, yeah. right? But then we realize, oh, maybe, maybe I plan my life so much that I don't ever see a plan that's not my own idea. Right. And you begin to, like, grow. Oh. So I think in this, Reed really provides a witness, a witness of a power in this world that's transforming a life. And the thing that you don't see, if you don't go to the root of it, is that it's not just for those that have life sentences in prison. And I used to think, too, I had my own journey that very much, you know, we were talking about this Father Stu, the movie. Mm -hmm. And, and it, there can be a temptation to think, oh, you got to go to the bottom of the barrel. You have to be in prison or you have to have a really mm -hmm. bad story. No, but who wants to admit their powerlessness in front of their own circumstances? That's what you got to do. So the problem is that I got to become a really bad person. The problem is in front of my life, I have to admit that I actually need help. Hmm. And sometimes that doesn't come to us 
in the first years. You know, we don't have to carry a cross around and be sad all the time, but we shouldn't be surprised when, you know, maybe we're 40 and we get a diagnosis sooner than we expected of something in mm. life. Or maybe uh, we're married and excited about family and we're infertile and, and you know, we don't want to live in the poverty of what that means. There's, there's a bazillion ways we realize I am powerless, mm. but the world keeps saying, no, you're not. No, you're not. Do this, do that, keep going, and just gets us busy thinking, and then we don't see God work. But God is always at work, always. God is at work in every person's life. If you're driving down the road right now, listening to this on the radio, God is at work in your life. Right? I remember one uh, confirmation student telling me that the, her, her life changed, this was last year's group, uh, when she turned on her radio and a song on 96.5, the Christian radio station, came on and it like spoke right into the circumstances of her life. Mm -hmm. And she was like, oh, this wasn't an accident. 16 years old. And she finds out what I found out at 26 after becoming a drunk and having to go <laughs> lose everything. She didn't lose anything, but she found out God's in my life, right? But she had this place of poverty that she was in need. And then in her life, she turns on the radio and then something meets that need. But if you don't have that need open, if you don't have the God hole, if you're not aware that you have a God-sized hole in your heart, then you're not going to know God when he fits it. Mm. But if you just are like, okay, maybe, you know, young kids today, how many young kids feel left out? I know. Who feel alone, who feel overburdened, right? Yeah. So if we pay attention to these things, but live in a way in which I'm looking, I know you're here, but then we got to be faithful too when he shows up. It's really easy to have him show up and to be like, oh, I'm going to go over here, you know. <laughs> uh, this is what it means. And Reed, I think, in such a powerful way, gave his life. When that happened, he is like, this is... I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. Yeah. And... Sometimes that's the beauty of people who do have powerful witnesses is they give us insight is what it looks like to go all in. Hmm. I love it. Well, folks, if you're just tuning in, we are broadcasting from St. John Paul II Parish in Harrisburg. I am talking with Father John Rutten. We're going to take a quick break when we come back more with Father John in just a minute. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. The Mustard Seed Catholic Store is South Dakota's place to purchase Catholic books, gifts, and decor. With locations in Rapid City and Sioux Falls, we are here to provide you with gifts for the Catholic occasions in your life. From baptism to First Communion, confirmation to weddings, and ordinations, we pride ourselves in having local artists share their creative talents, making rosaries, crucifixes, artwork, coffee, and books. We are located in Rapid City on Main Street, in the new Diocesan Building, or in Sioux Falls on Grange Avenue across from Costco. SJ Machine, proudly named after and dedicated to St. Joseph, provides machining and induction heat treating to a variety of industries. Just as St. Joseph worked diligently to meet his family's needs, SJ Machine strives to understand and meet our customers' production needs. Prototype to production, working together towards success. SJ Machine can be reached at 701-347-0155 and are a proud supporter of the Real Presence Radio Network. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, the Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with today's Plan Giving Minute. Philanthropy is an expression of your generosity with the understanding that your gift to the church will make a difference. There are many ways in which you can make a gift to further God's work. 
Most of us are familiar with cash gifts we give regularly to Real Presence Radio. However, another way of contributing is through plan giving, which may allow you to give more than you've ever dreamed possible. The goal of plan giving is to help you plan your estate and charitable giving in a way that benefits you, your family, and our mission. There are several ways you can make these plan gifts and enjoy tax and income benefits. For more information, please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. I'm Heather Caro. And I'm Father John Rutten. Broadcasting today from St. John Paul II Parish in Harrisburg, South Dakota. Thank you for joining us this morning. And Father John and I were just following up with an interview I had a couple weeks ago with Reed Holiday and kind of um, spearheading a topic or a discussion about addictions. Um, so we have Easter coming up, and a lot of Americans and a lot of cultures celebrate with alcohol. Do you have any good pointers for those that might be struggling with alcohol and they're going to these family events and there's a lot of it? Uh, first, I would say depend. You know, it depends on your circumstances. Sometimes you have to be very attentive. Um, I early on when I was sobering up. Uh, I left the wedding one time, wedding dinner. I just couldn't take it. Mm-hmm. Uh, not necessarily because there was alcohol, but because there was me and my restlessness. And hmm. that's why I want alcohol. Hmm. I didn't drink. I mean, I drank for the effect mm-hmm. that gave me, which was the sense of ease and peace, which comes. Uh, and so without it, I couldn't figure out another way to get that sense of ease and peace. And mm. so I just left. And I had you, you got to be attentive to those things. And mm-hmm. if you got to go, you got to go. Now I realized I can't leave every wedding. So I was at one wedding party where it was in another city. And I was staying at the house of the groom. I was in the wedding. I was like um, kind of unable to do what I did that time. I didn't have a car. I didn't have an ability to just leave. And um, But then everybody, it was a huge dinner table and everybody left me at the dinner t- at the you know, the mm-hmm. table, y'all, the head table or whatever. And it was like the worst. That was like my biggest fear. Here I am all by myself. With and all it, these it, drinks? Yeah. <laughs> no, not with all these drinks. Oh, this okay. is the thing. It's, it's when you get down to the root of it, it's not about the drink. It's mm-hmm. about the fact that I'm not at peace right now. I am totally like want to jump through a roof. If I could put down a vodka water right now, then I'd have peace. But I'm sitting there at this table and everybody leaves. So I don't have anybody to talk to. I don't have anybody that they're all dancing. Mm-hmm. They're all doing whatever. They're all around. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I remember just, just stay here. Just stay here in this seat. Just that's was like, don't move. I'm like, I am so uncomfortable right now. Right. And to begin an awareness of what's going on. I am powerless over this right now. I am. Um, uh, and all of a sudden, after a period of time, someone came over and they sat next to me and they started talking to me. And then the night was over. I don't hmm. remember how, I don't remember anything after that. Right. <clears throat> 
so it was only this period of time, right, that I was like uncomfortable. Uh, and what it helped me realize is that that's the moment to be attentive. That's when I need to be in prayer. That's when I need to ask for help. That's when I need to discern where should I be and what should I do. Uh, and what I often found is those were moments where if I just stayed patient right on the other side of it was something beautiful. Well, and I think, too, that um, we as humans flee at being uncomfortable. At oh, yeah. Any chance we can get. Totally. I mean, I have... Um, Issues with panic attacks. Oh, yeah. And if you've ever had one, you know exactly what they feel like, and you try to avoid them at all costs. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but when I went to my counselor, they said, you just have to sit mm. in that feeling, that horrible feeling, and just keep repeating in yourself, I'm okay. I'm mm -hmm. okay. I'm okay. That's it. I'm okay. I'm okay. Yep. That's it. And, and then you realize it's not as big. I mean, it is a big monster. I'm mm -hmm. never going to downplay my panic attacks, but I have, I have the power to control it as mm -hmm. far as my panic attacks go. But I need help. Yeah. In that moment, I need help. Yep. So that would be like a very extreme, you know, those are really difficult moments for people. Mm -hmm. And as you know, uh, the more lighter way of it, of like being together with people is just my experience. I don't know what to tell other people, but my experience is uh, to stop thinking so much about myself. Amen. It's not about me, <laughs> who there needs me. And I remember going to uh, a gathering one time and I started thinking this way and I thought, there's nobody here that I want to talk to. There's nobody that mm. whatever. And there were some people that happened to show up and they they, we started having a conversation. I was really changed by them. Wow. And I thought, I want to go again next year because of them. Mm -hmm. Just that, that one conversation. Now I knew there's a place where I can, in the midst of all of this, well, then I went one year and they were there. Well, then somebody else had an, a medical emergency and they needed help. Here I am, the priest. So then I go there. Well, because of the medical emergency, it opened up a conversation about faith among some other people that were there. And I have a friendship with someone now in that group that is a direct relationship, a direct connection, because we had a discussion about faith that was a result of this medical emergency, which I was only present to because <laughs> a few years before, I found somebody there that I enjoyed like being attentive to so to like be attentive like who here in this group you know mm. where is a place i can like give myself and to not assume i already know yeah you know i was at a family gathering one time and uh one of my family members was washing dishes and i just was like that's a place i can help mm -hmm. i'm gonna go wash this well in the midst of it we had this amazing conversation just to, so where can i help where can i be of service it's not about me mm. um you know, that's the way that I've learned how to live with all those things. And then, you know, I don't have to stay that late. I can go earlier. Yeah. I can, I am free to, um, to, you know. So an interesting question was asked by Eli. I'm throwing him under the bus during break. So you're uh, a priest with an addiction to alcohol. Mm. What about the mass? Yeah. Uh, different priests live this circumstance differently. For me, I always received the precious blood. Even once I went to treatment, it just kind of was, I don't know, I didn't even think about it until later on. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, wait. And after that happened, then I was uh, like, had this question. So um, I just 
receive the precious blood, aware that it is the material form is wine. The, mm-hmm. uh, and I take that seriously. Sometimes if I pour too much into the chalice, I'll pour it back uh, before I consecrate it, just as a sign of humility that I know my precariousness. Uh, but there's also a form of wine called mustin, and it's in the process of fermentation. It's stopped so quickly, hmm. so it's considered wine for the celebration of Mass, but its alcoholic content is very, 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 very low. Hmm. And I know a number of priests who uh, have alcoholism, and they will use that Interesting. for consecration. So, Very cool. Yep. Well, we only have a couple minutes left. I was really excited that you brought out Father Stu. Oh, poster. yeah, the movie, we Father Stu. talk about Reed Holiday. And yeah, like, oh this is gosh. like Reed Holiday. Yeah, <laughs> this is it. This is, uh, yeah, and, and I've, the reviews that I've seen for it are just incredible, you know? And this is the thing that I would note is almost everybody in the review also says, it's an R movie, it's not for kids, you know? And which, oh. is, which is the thing, like... Life is Our that life, way. Yes. <laughs> life is not PG-13. Life isn't a G movie. Like, life is precarious, and it's ugly, and sometimes we aren't who we're supposed to be in God's eyes. But do we have the ability to believe that in that place, God can do something? Yeah. And so this movie, I hear great things about it. So and tell I, us a little bit. What do you know about the movie? What is it about? That Mark Wahlberg's in it. <laughs> I mean, I don't know anything. And that the poster has him. Yeah, well, the poster has him in a, looks like he's in a lineup. So, or, you know, and then he's in a cassock. So. I don't think his uh, uh, PR team is going to be calling us anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, I don't know much about it. Just that he was what? He was like a fighter. He was a boxer or something. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, he just was a, a, a kind of a crazy guy. From Montana, a real true story of a priest then that and was just converted. Um, so I look forward to going to it. I don't know anything about it except uh, I trust. You can tell when somebody, you know, it's on everybody on Facebook that goes just writes and when I'm like, oh, I want to go to that. Yeah, you know, so it's not like oh, we're gonna, you know, I don't know. There's a way they write about having seen it. And I'm like, that's the thing I want. Well, and Mark Wahlberg was so passionate about it and mm-hmm. was a hundred percent behind the creation of it so then um yeah let's see if we can get him on the radio should we yeah <laughs> why not man i, I mean, mean i'm gonna ask yeah yeah i bet he i'll bet you do i'll bet you do you ask and i'll bet it happens i just uh, pray i don't have to do the interview i'd be too nervous <laughs> yeah but it's kind of like uh you know mel gibson is also connected to it and i think in the passion you see also mm. like this ability to really portray something as as it truly is, and mm-hmm. sometimes in Christian movies, we don't we like make it a caricature a little bit, a little vanilla. Yeah, and that's yeah. you know there's reasons for that, but mm-hmm. I just think that the brutality of a life that then can come to Christ is what the saints are made of. Beautiful, you know. Yep. <laughs> Excuse me. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Andrew Hewitt from The Banquet is going to be joining us. Uh, We're going to talk about what Easter means for those less fortunate. Stay with us. More Real Presence Live right after this. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. 